Welcome to Maple Syrup Blood Money. I am your host, Kyle Cardi. And joining me, as always, is the confusing plotline to my underdeveloped plotline. Noah Carden. <laughs> I just watched the past two episodes back to back and I got like mm-hmm. maybe three hours of sleep last night. So I think I'm just in a fugue state. Nice. Yeah. Oh, my head hurts, Noah. These episodes hurt me in a in a very primal way. Did they now? Yeah. What did you think? <laughs> um, I thought they were okay. I think there's definitely some not great parts. There's some, but there's some good meat. But like, uh-huh. uh huh. So I, I feel like I feel like the show is hitting like full soap. Yeah, like it's not, and not like the fun way that a soap is. So here's here's Kyle's patented five second synopsis. Cheryl gets kidnapped to pray the gay away, and Archie is a scab. That's basically it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the big overall plot. Also, there's a prison now. Also, Betty's fucking creepy. Like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she is. Like, so... How do we want to do this? Because we missed last week because somebody uh, was in misery. Yes. Misery loves company. Well, you and you went out to misery to be company for some lovely people. Uh, mm-hmm. You had fun. Yeah, it was a great time. Good. I got very drunk, <laughs> and we watched a bunch of Kurt Russell movies. So there you go. Oh hell yeah! Um, hell yeah! So yeah, do how do we right. how do we even want so, to do this? All, What's the opposite? So what do you call a Domino's hot and ready pizza where you put? You get two pizzas, and then you put them on top of each other, and then basically you just have a sloppy mess, and you don't know where one pizza starts and the other ends. That's a, a pizza sandwich? A, a pizza witch? All right. My, I'm a hot and ready pizza witch right now. I'm going to focus in. Let's do this thing. Okay. So we're talking about chapters 28, There Will Be Blood, and 29, Primary Colors. Um, so, There Will Be Blood... Yeah. What? So. Okay, so there's, um, in There Will Be Blood, that's, literally, I cannot separate the two episodes. I watched them back to back. I know. It's it's very difficult. <laughs> okay. So, we learn in There Will Be Blood about, nope, that's the second episode. This is off to so, a great start. Noah, please help me. Okay, I'm floundering. So, so. so. Uh, and there we will blood. <laughs> we learn that um, the lodges want to make uh, Fred Andrews the mayor. Uh, they want to create a puppet want- state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, we learn that Betty is using Kevin to catfish her brother Chick, which is not great. Um, should we and then should we just like talk about the broad strokes of the character plots for both episodes rather than trying to parse them out? You know what I mean? Because I feel like it might just be because I viewed them immediately preceding one another. Mm-hmm. But like 
these two episodes feel like the most directly linked episodes of Riverdale we've had in a really long time. They it does feel like this could have been like a two part episode. Okay, so like I'm not alone in that because like no no because so it's, it's much like, ties together. Yeah 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 because it's very much there is the um, what Hiram's plot for the South Side yeah, is that's like a big like story plot that gets kind of um uh revealed yeah we in these two episodes we get the master there. stroke finally like what the whole the whole shebango is and then like archie's plot lines are very much like hiram plot lines and yes and like cheryl plot lines are very much cheryl plot lines and mm-hmm. everyone more or less is separate except for a few minor beats with one another. There's a few things, like the the Coopers and the Blossoms interact at a couple points, mm-hmm. which leads to some revelations. Yeah. Um, the sort of Veronica, Archie, and then the Lodge parents kind of thing yeah. is its own thing for the most part. It's, it's very heavy, like, thematically, these two episodes mm-hmm. of, like, kids and parents interacting kind of in yeah. in their own worlds and then the kids sort of just rebound because like even even characters that like I wouldn't consider interacting with their parents like all that frequently like there's a lot of like Jughead and FP and stuff like mm-hmm. that like it's implied which is always the case with Josie it's implied that she has an interesting conversation with her mother that we don't get to see because why bother showing Josie I guess yeah. Um so do we want to do we want to approach this from just like these really weird broad strokes? Yeah, yeah. I think that'll probably make this the most digestible for sure. It can be. It's also for- probably the best two episodes that we could do this with, you know what I mean? Of all the mm-hmm, double episodes, mm-hmm. this is the one where we can actually just sort of follow through the plot lines as they are organically. Uh all right. So which one do we want to tackle? I just want to dunk on Betty for a while and just like get okay. that out of the way because like <laughs> fucking Betty, man. Okay. <laughs> so so Betty. Betty right. is a psychopath. Yes. This these are yes, two episodes is. of crazy Betty. <laughs> yes. Betty is is very much sort of blending dark Betty and regular Betty into um, into one crazy Betty into, into Betty Prime. Betty um, Prime. So Betty's plotline more or less picks up with Polly coming home with the twins, which are male female. Uh, mm-hmm. And boy, oh boy, that's terrifying considering what we learn in a Cheryl plotline. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Um, and like Chick. It's weird to break this down scene by scene, but, like, I would say this, like, Chick's, the camera language that they've used with Chick for so long is very much one of just, like, let's make Chick feel threatening and uncomfortable. And now I'm starting to think that the camera language was just straight up coming from Betty's perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure that Chick will end Uh up being a villain, but, like, he makes a lot of great fucking points in these two episodes about how scary Betty is. yeah. Like, Chick's whole thing is that he does have sort of a threatening appearance, but I think Betty's paranoia is also exacerbating it. 
For sure, it it's it's making the 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 viewers POV see him as much more of a villain. Like, did we get confirmation this week that Chick was the one that killed that that scrawny little dude? So, because I always thought Mama did it. That does come up later, and it and it's um. He pretty much says that he didn't. He never touched the guy. Yeah. That it was, it was. Um, so the mom did it. Alice. Yeah. Yes, mom. Mom Cooper did it. That makes sense to me. Like yeah. that just plays properly. So so, Polly has come back into town, and she's brought her her twins with her, and there's some some news going about. Uh, and and Betty is basically, just being paranoid of chick the entire time yeah and like Uh, polly gets a bad vibe from him too and just like mm -hmm. they frame him like holding babies menacingly like that's what i imagined the script direction was like yeah in in like parentheses holding baby menacingly hold baby like an alien (laughs) um how would a robot hold a baby chick do that yes yeah. Um so so Betty decides due to some revelations with the the Blossom household in that um there's a a secret will and testament of Clifford Blossom uh who once the investigation into like his businesses and stuff was done um click anybody with Blossom blood gets a part of his fortune. And that's basically Cheryl's plot line too. Like we can hit that note right now because if you all remember, like the Coopers are also blossoms because of like the great the great first Cain and Abel murder of Riverdale, which will come up which, yeah. later on in a Cheryl plot we, line. We learn more yeah. about that in these episodes, which is yeah. So so Cheryl's that's Cheryl's plot line. Hey, you just you just got the first beat. So back at. House Cooper, mm-hmm. Hal is being a fucking creep like usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He 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 wants a divorce, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. He wants a divorce, and you know, they they figure out how they're gonna split their like you know their household and belongings and everything. And he just doesn't want to give anything to garbage pale Alice. Yeah, which. I mean, it's scummy, but it is fair. She is kind of a bitch. Yeah, Hal's a monster, though. I do really want to stress Hal that. Hal is a monster, especially when he he does this like right as he learns about the 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 will reading and stuff like that. So he wants to divorce her before uh, before she gets his money. Yes, which um, but I, he's at least keeping his kids in the loop. Yeah, um, and. <laughs> Alice, Alice hears about this and like storms in on the will reading and calls the the blossoms inbred and calls Penelope and a half melted ten cent trollop, which is just like the dirtiest burn <laughs> that I have ever fucking heard. Also, Nana Blossom's back um, for now. For now, for now. Um, she's fucking immortal, dude. She really is. Holy shit, especially with what happens later. Um, um, so, yeah, they do that. Um, Polly expresses some, like, concerns over Chick 
and how creepy he is with the twins because he's an alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and Betty's like, yeah, dog, imagine living here. Um, and then they come home and, <laughs> and Chick has taken the babies to Sweetwater River to drown them. Yes, yes he has. Um, except he hasn't. He does come back with them and he's like, yo, chill. I was just taking. Hey, who owns a fucking carriage like that? I don't. I keep. I keep. Except for maybe a mortician. I keep seeing them, and I think didn't Cheryl give her that? Oh shit! I think you're right. In the first season, it's it's fucking terrifying. It's basically a fucking. um, I forgot the word. I forgot the word for the car you put a dead body in. A hearse. It's a hearse for babies. Oh, that's really depressing. It's hearse junior. It's fucking, it looks like some shit you'd see in the haunted mansion. Don't at me. Yes, no, it's very creepy. It is like a 1910s uh, stroller. Yeah, Um, and so he's like, I didn't touch your fucking babies, you fucking weirdo. And then, like, Polly decides to leave. (laughs) Yes, she decides to leave. Um, It's basically it. Betty uh, sneaks into his bathroom to steal a bit of floss that has some blood on it, so he can, uh, so she can get him blood test or uh, yeah, blood tested. Un- until they explained that that was floss, that p- did not play with me. I was like, whose fucking hair is like that? <laughs> Why does she have like one really long, really thick hair? It's really weird. And then, yeah, because, like, my dumb brain was like, yeah, I mean, that's way too thick to be his hair. I didn't even consider that it was too long to be his hair until just now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But other than that, uh, the only other thing is the end of the episode when uh, Betty gets the results in and confronts Chick about um, the whole blood test thing he, which that he's not a blossom that he is not of blossom blood but as we learn he's not what's his face's kid yeah which means he's not hal's kid and hal and we learned in the next episode that yeah basically that that uh alice that hooked up with somebody like, before hal she liked to get that deep stuff <laughs> um I mean, like, listen, she admitted to fooling around a lot when she was a young person, which is fine. <laughs> Just, like, be safe, yeah. kids. Hey, hey, kids, be safe when you do this, when you do the sex stuff. Yeah. And I say kids to, like, just, like, all people of all ages that are of sex age. Yes. Uh, so that's Betty, right? Oh. Uh, do we want to do episode two, Betty? Yeah, let's, let's go again, ahead and move into episode two, Betty. Since we're, yeah, we're talking like there's about. almost no overlap. Yeah. Um, episode two, Betty like <laughs> declares war on Chick, basically, yeah. and like said, keeps like, sparking a Zippo lighter in his fucking face. <laughs> yes, she's while he's asleep, which is the most. Episode two, Betty is so fucking cringy. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't identify with cringe culture but just like every time she's like chewing the scenery and like trying mm-hmm. to be menacing with chick i'm like bitch you a 15 year old white woman shut up yeah like i do like um lily reinhardt like as an actress like i think she does some great like eyebrow work she does a great job with what she's given uh-huh. but like 
I, I mean, I they know, right, that they're just writing schlock at this point. Like, they're not even writing, like, the schlock from season one. Well, this is just, like, well, given, just fucking Nicolas Cage it up, Lily. And she does. Yeah. Well, given, like, the plot twist in the first episode this week, yes, they, they are totally writing some schlock. Um, Betty does join Veronica as her... Um, her running mate for student council president. Yeah, Veronica wants to be student council president, and then, for reasons we'll get to in the Veronica plotline, Betty's like, actually, fuck this. Yes. <laughs> actually, you know what? Fuck this. Also, uh, Chick confronts Alice with <laughs> the dark Betty wig. <laughs> which is... I think she uses it for sex with Jughead. <laughs> and... She does not deny it and is immediately exposed. And then Alice is later like, um, you know, be safe, okay? I know how alluring those Jones boys can be, which brings up the question, you, is is FP... I mean, she she boned FP. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. For sure. Um, hey, I want to pump the brakes really quick because, no, I just realized something I don't think we ever talked about. Uh-huh. Disclaimer, like virginity isn't important it's a fucking social construct yes, hey true. noah uh-huh. um did betty lose her virginity in the fucking dark betty outfit I no. Think it, no no I no i think that they had sex for the first time with the dark betty no, outfit that, or was, that was the second time they were shown the first time Man. was um oh in the trailer you're right yes Man, what a waste. That would have been funny. I know. I'm sorry. That would have been so much better. <laughs> Damn it. Riverdale, make it funny at least. <laughs> oh, um, those Pops burgers look so good, though. I want a Pops chocolate burger. Yes. Chocolate, chocolate burger. Oh. Yeah. So, so eventually, uh, Betty confronts Chick again. And, and Chick is like, hey... You scare me, Betty. Like, you're crazy. <laughs> Chick says the first, like, sensible thing that a Cooper has said in the past two episodes, which is like, Betty, you're fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're way too intense. Betty, so this is what I was talking about before when I said, like, the camera working around Chick is, like, meant to make us, the audience, not, like, be afraid of Chick and feel unsafe for Betty. Mm-hmm. But, like... I'm not sure if I've said this before, but these two episodes, I was definitely feeling like, Jesus fucking Christ, Betty, like, of course Chick's gonna fucking act weird around you. You're terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. Cringy as you are, like, you are an unhinged person sharing a home with him. Of course he's scared. Is it weird that I hope Chick ends up being, like, not a bad guy? And that like Betty was just a monster the whole time. Yeah, no, I think that's that is a totally fair like sentiment to kind of want It'd to happen. Fun. Yeah. Um, that's it for Betty, isn't it? Uh, pretty much. Um, later Betty's in the episode, she joins up with Jughead when he decides he wants to become the student body president. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, you're right. Um. Who do we want to talk about now? I think we could hit Archie's beats really quickly. Um, like we can do, we can do the the Archie and his dad kind of thing. Yeah, pretty quickly because like, the rest of it it just kind of relates into Hiram's 
Exactly. No. So Archie is a scab. Mm-hmm. And basically these two episodes are just him sinking deeper and deeper into Hiram Lodge's, like, sitch. Like, yeah. he swears a blood oath. He destroys <laughs> Which, any incriminating evidence he has. Let's, let's talk about the blood oath for a second. Because Hiram... Why they gotta cut their hands? First of all, yes. Cutting your hand is a very bad idea because there's all sorts of sensitive stuff in the palm of your hand. Don't do that, cut, kids. Cut somewhere else, y'all. Kids, if you guys... Hey, kids. Kids. If you guys swear a blood oath, don't use your hand. Yeah. Like, you could just cut, like, a little bit higher up on, like, the back of your arm or something. It's all full yeah. of blood. Um, there's that. <laughs> there's the fact that Hiram says that this this has been in his family for, like, decades or whatever. And, like... Yeah. Generations. Yeah. They don't, like, shake hands or anything like that. They squeeze out some of the blood over Archie's notebook. <laughs> Archie's marble notebook, yes, everybody. His, his... My nose bumped the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> they squeeze blood out over his notebook that has just a bunch of notes that he was taking when he thought what's his face was uh, a FBI agent. Uh, actually, Mr. Lodge, I can't burn this notebook. It has my algebra homework. In yes, it. exactly. <laughs> um, and then they go to like throw it in the the fire and like, is this a part of like the ritual? Do you like squeeze blood over like a piece of paper and then burn it? Is that the ritual? Like I'm very yeah, confused like, about how how this relates to like previous versions, previous iterations yeah, of this oath. Yeah, like do you just squeeze it over any evidence the other person has of you, mm-hmm. even though it's very easy to like carbon copy it? I mean, you could just like, write down more notes. I mean, I, a, I doubt any of it's admissible in court. In, yeah, like your testimony would actually probably achieve mm, the same, if not more. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so it's dumb. Uh, <laughs> it's stupid. The Lodges want to make Fred Andrews the mayor. Um, mm-hmm. Archie's kind of worried Hesitant. about it. He doesn't want his dad to become a puppet of the Lodges, but at the same time, he's becoming more and more a puppet of the Lodges. He's a fucking scab. Uh-huh. Um, and so his dad's like, okay, that's a great idea. And then, because of Jughead's actions like the plan for the lodges is about to blow up mm-hmm. and Archie's like worried about his dad. And so he like tries to threaten a seasoned criminal who could just have him shot the second he's not useful anymore. Yes. Um, and his dad is like, Oh, I don't want to be your puppet mayor and like support your gross prison project. Yes. Your fucking, your privatized prison, which will only further perpetuate the, horrors of the american justice system and incarceration rates fred andrews is woke fred andrews woke as fuck <laughs> um also did not expect uh the sheriff to just be a fucking pig yeah he's basically just at the beck and call of corporate interests which is what all police are yeah you know um <laughs> i'm on an nsa list now aren't we all yeah oh, yeah that's fair so so um, um yeah. When the Lodges introduced their plan of the, the for-profit prison, which is their big plan for the South Side, um, Fred is like, no way, man. But then Archie's like, I want to hear what, what you're talking about. Um, which leads to a very awkward, uh, I will see you at home comment by Fred. Yeah, boy, oh boy. Because it just sounds like all the wind has been taken out of his sails. Um, I feel bad for Fred, right? Like, his son's a little shit. His son is kind of a shit. Archie. Archie's a fucking brat. Archie, you blockhead. 
Oh, she's a fucking man. Where is my sweet horny blockhead? I know, from right? Last season. Now he's just a fucking scab. So, so I'm so I'm so mad at Archie, man. I know he's. Uh, hopefully, he redeems himself in the end by the end of the season. Um, but Archie's Archie's whole thing is that with all the weird serial killers and stuff popping up in Riverdale, he's for having like a prison and stuff, and it's like that doesn't work yeah. out, dog. That's not how you this know, works. like the the one drug dealer and the one gunman yeah. that showed up. Like, okay, so. Uh, Archie is basically working with the Lodges. He's becoming more and more their pawn. Um, uh, His dad gets out. Molly Shannon comes back. Yes. Nope, that's the wrong Mo- actress. Uh, Molly, Ringwald. Molly Ringwald comes back. Um, I'm bad with names. It's fine. You had um, Molly right. I was right. So 16 Candles, come, Breakfast Club comes back. Oh, 16 Candles um, too. And, and, and Oh, was she? Mm-hmm. Nice. Maybe I am better than I thought. Yeah. Um, she comes back. She helps Fred try to get out of the like uh, the, the contract shitty that... contract with Lodge Industries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't work because the lodges are scumbags. Archie leverages his dirt on Hiram Lodge and his weird blood oath thing uh-huh. um, with with like l- basically letting his dad free, which is. Kind of noble, but like it comes. Fuck you, Archie. It comes at the cost of him having to go and like cut his best friend and his gang. Yeah, having to go and break up a fucking strike. Yeah. Hey, Archie, you fucking scab. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then Archie, <laughs> Archie in what is probably now Archie's like. Did I do that? Like, his fucking catchphrase or, like, signature move. He fucking dresses up in some sports outfit and leads a fucking group of boys to go and do something fucking it's, stupid. It's his go-to. It's his trump card. It's his, his fucking flip- whole thing. Let me get a bunch of sweaty, muscular boys in athletic outfits to go do and a like, thing. S- start a fight or make, like softcore gay pornography in my fucking garage or break up a fucking strike like a scab also i guess all the boys on the wrestling team are fucking scabs yeah but that's kind of a given they're all pretty generic jocks so i was a wrestler yeah but they're i'm not a scab (laughs) yes but they're also generic tv jocks so that is so fair that is so that is so true. I bet one of them is named Chet. Um, um so anyway, um Archie goes and breaks up a fucking strike and, and then, uh when he comes his relationship with Jughead is strained. Yes. Is yeah, is not good. Like I think they both kind of understand each other's motives, but like yeah, they're definitely yeah. not on good terms. Um uh, Archie's dad runs for mayor. And then Archie's dad runs for mayor. And I get the feeling, I kind of, I like Molly Ringwald in this show. And yeah, right? I, like, I enjoy her. And I get the feeling there might be, like, a little, like, that romance Sexual between the two, like, coming energy. back. Yeah, they're gonna fuck. <laughs> and I, and, uh, so, so, 
Molly Ringwald, not not whatever her character's name is. Molly Ringwald is gonna help Fred Andrews become mayor. <laughs> Molly Ringwald, the actress, <laughs> yes. not playing the same character yes. she played in the show. It's actually Molly Ringwald yes. this time. Um, so that's Archie's plotline. Uh, Jughead's plotline. I want to save Cheryl for last because, like, it's like the big twist, uh-huh. and it's also, I would say, arguably, right up until the very end, the most interesting part. Of the past two episodes. Um, so, and when we talk about that, there's another thing I gotta talk about, which is just, it kind of deals with this show in general. But yes, Jughead's plot. Sure. Jughead's plotline's really easy. We're gonna, we're gonna blow through it really fast, too. Um, he investigates Hiram Lodge uh-huh. and uncovers some secrets and then uncovers that Hiram Lodge is planning to build a prison after knocking down Southside High. And so he and his friends protest it, mm-hmm. and I mean, like literally, that's two episodes of Jughead. Yes, he he does a lot of protesting and and a lot of running around in circles. Oh, and then the protest fails, and he decides to be student body president. Like that'll fucking do something. Like okay, yeah, something. Um, he does bring up the Utena again when he's trying to rally the the younger Southside serpents, and I feel like that was a bit of a, hey, did we not learn anything about you using native peoples for your own causes there, Jughead? Yeah, like, he... Like, I get what they were trying to do, and I genuinely think that maybe the writers thought that it was, like, different this time. But, like, he was talking about the history of the Southside and, like, its roots, like, fighting back against other people. But, yeah, dog, we did hit these plot beats last like a couple, a couple of weeks yeah. ago yeah so i i get it but it's still not a great look yeah um him and fp have a nice scene together where they eat hamburgers i fucking i would kill you noah Carden, <laughs> my beloved co-host right now for one of those hamburgers they do and, look and really like good fries when, and milkshake when i was I would, I would murder you when i was out in in misery um Misery. And I was very drunk. Somebody brought in hamburgers, and they were probably the single greatest oh thing I had ever eaten at that time. The, I there is something magical about being like inebriated as fuck, and then getting just like a a big nasty food to eat. Like on our on our on my wedding night. A whole bunch of us like went up to like the the roof of the the bed and breakfast we were staying at, and we just like kept drinking up there. And some people went to leave, and like they brought back like three of just like what I could only describe as the best fucking pizzas I've ever had in my life. Mm. And I was so drunk, and it was so cold, and just like there is some there is magic in being drunk and eating nasty boy food. So if you've ever, if you've never, if you've never done that listeners and like, you know, it's safe for you to drink alcohol and you're able to drink alcohol and you want to drink alcohol, um, get really drunk, like not dangerously so, but just get like really drunk and then have someone else bring you like a big greasy cheeseburger or a fat sandwich or just like a nasty pizza. Having somebody else bring it to you. That's vital. Is like it's a seasoning. Is, is like a key portion because there's love there. Mm-hmm. It's someone who went out of their way to give you nasty food. Yes. Um, like 
it it flavors the food. I cannot stress that enough. This is a weird diatribe, but it is important to me. And, yes. And just do it. Like you're. Oh, I hit the microphone stand. <laughs> it's worth it. Okay. So the lodges. I'm, I'm like the lodges. I'm crammed into my desk this week. There's like no space in here right now because of all the shit I've been doing for like the Kickstarter and like reorganizing my room and shit. I'm just I, I'm just I, jammed in. I would say what Kickstarter is that, but we need to save that for the end. So fine. Uh, um. The, so yeah, the lodges. Um. The, I mean, they're fucking cryptic, and and like they manipulate their daughter. Like, okay, we've seen this. Yeah, they're they're mainly like trying to get out ahead of somebody exposing their plans, and that and and using Aunt, uh, Fred Andrews as like their pawn along with Archie, and it's not great. Like they're bad people. And, yeah, like and Veronica I, I, is like really falling into their trap. Yeah, I last season I defended Hermione Lodge a lot, mm-hmm. um, as like oh maybe she is just like they're gonna like make her the victim, but no, she's just a fucking snake. Yeah, like, it. I don't enjoy just like blanketing a person like that, but like maybe it's just like the different writers characterizing her differently, but like in universe she's fucking gross. Yeah, no, I think pre the return of Hiram, it was. I think that was all veneer. Yeah, I think it was all veneer. I think it was her being out of it, like kind of. She felt like a normal person again, and then the moment that Hiram came back, she immediately fell back into that role, and it's just so natural for her that it's not. So. I let me put my fedora on and um like talk about how no women will date me because I'm so nice. Um I just like in retrospect now, I just see Hermione's behavior last season of like courting Fred Andrews and getting in with Fred Andrews as either prep work for Hiram because they needed Andrews construction or she didn't think Hiram was going to get out and she just decided that she needed to secure her future with a local businessman who she knew she could easily wrap around her finger. Yeah. And I think... And I tip my hat to you, milady. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, no, I don't think you're necessarily wrong with that, especially with her, like, still buying off the serpents to to ruin the, the, uh... The whatchamacallit, the, uh, the drive-in. Not, not the bijou, the drive-in. It was yeah, the drive-in. Um, so yeah, I definitely think she was She's still yucky. kind of moving forward with those plans just in yeah. case, cause she was doing that without Hiram there. Um, she has been shown to be like a key member of like the lodge mafia. Yeah. Like the criminal yeah. enterprise. Yeah. Um, but they always keep saying I- that they're trying to be a legitimate business and like, a for-profit yeah, I guess prison the, is... Yeah, I, that's about as legitimate as you can get while still being completely fucking deplorable. Yes. No, that is exactly exactly the thought I had. So, Like, oh yeah, we're legitimate, but we are doing the bare minimum to fucking say that. So, so Veronica is, like, pressuring the Andrews into running for mayor. Um, and when that falls apart... Because of the reveal of the prison, uh, 
Hermione decides that she is going to run for mayor. Um, uh, they tell their daughter. I mean, that's episode one, mm-hmm. right? They tell their daughter to keep her fucking head down, and so she decks Reggie, rightfully so. Like, and then decides that she's going to run for <laughs> student body president. You know, as she, someone who wants to keep their head down does. Yes, um, she does. Oh my god, it was so great though. Her clocking Reggie was amazing because oh, Reggie, everything Reggie about that got shot a glass was jaw. <laughs> oh yeah, homie, homie went down like a pack of bricks. Uh, that was pretty damn amazing. Um, I like the the sound that they did with that, where it just everything just like yeah, it went super muffled. Like yeah, it was delightful. Um, that's another thing. This episode, like these two episodes, have had like some really, really good music, especially like uh, some really nice well, like synth tracks in it. I will say this: yeah, they had a very like outrun aesthetic uh-huh. to a lot of the tracks, which I really fucking liked. Yeah, but boy, oh boy, there was one song that was terrible. <laughs> oh no, was it the? <laughs> my skeleton almost escaped my body because was it the the Josie and Veronica song? What made you say that? Because it's um, it's super not great. It's, it's hey, is that a is that an original song? I or not? I genuinely don't know. In either in either case, awful. It's awful. It's so fucking pandering and like we're trying to be a feminist anthem. It's it's fucking condescending as shit. Yes, yes, which it is. I I, I want to recognize. I'm a fucking dude saying that. Yes. So I do want to come out and say like, if that's your fucking jam and that's your fucking power but, anthem, goddamn own that shit. But, there's but just, boy oh boy, there's just, it made my fucking skeleton run away. There's just no like subtlety in it and i think you gotta have at least like a drop a little bit any subtlety it was just like drinking mixer like yeah i want to have a margarita but i'll just drink the margarita mix from the bottle yeah um so ethel bugs comes back and like she she like throws a milkshake <laughs> on Veronica and then later from we, Pops's diner from Pops's diner important. and then Betty says the best possible thing about probably the best line in the whole episode is the fact the disturbing thing about it is the fact that Ethel had to go and get that shake from Pops and bring it all the way here I'm so glad they lampshaded that because I I was thinking the same thing also Ethel Jesus Christ yeah like come on chill the fuck out go back and get eaten by a demogorgon or whatever like be fucking cool yeah but um you know what riverdale is it's it's very heavy show in like and i don't mean like heavy content wise i mean like it's very heavy handed in it's like sins of the father style of storytelling it's there's a lot of that's a lot of what this show is about and it's not very subtle about it either no um so then Veronica opens a kissing and cupcake booth, which like no a kissing booths like the old timey ones where it was like a dime mm-hmm. for a girl to smooch you on the lips. That is sex work, right? Like we can admit that that's sex work. Uh yes. I would okay. I would definitely say so. It's it's weird to me that those were a thing mm-hmm. and people were like, No, prostitution's bad. Like 
there are problems with prostitution, but if it's like a safe sitch and like you're not being exploited, then sure, be a sex worker. But like that is sex work, and it's weird to me that that they'd let her do that in a school. Yeah, and Archie is just For, totally like also chilling. she's fifth. She's fifteen. Yeah, it's fucking gross. Yeah. Also, Archie is just kind of doing like a lot of out along the side of it, being like on the cheek. <laughs> He's being the bouncer. How many times is Archie gonna get cooked? <laughs> also, I'm skipping ahead in the show to find like certain key scenes, and one of them I just found is fuck. It's it's not great from the look that Veronica has on her face. So, oh yeah. Um, so she like tries to get Ethel. To be like, don't worry, here's a bribe. We're going to get... I promise this time we're going to get your dad a job at the new prison we're opening. And she's like, okay, like, you can continue to, like, fucking degrade yourself to get votes or whatever. Which is like, I have so many conflicted feelings because I uh, fucking agree with you, Ethel. But also at the same time, that's kind of, like, weird and slut shamey. But it's also like she shouldn't be doing this and an adult should have stopped her. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not great all around. Um, uh, yeah, so Ethel then, like, during the song and dance bit. Right, um, Veronica is like, Josie, uh, here's a bribe, endorse me so we can get the lady vote, because Ethel just told me we can't get the lady vote. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay. So they do a song. They do a song. It's not great. No. No, talk about the song real quick. So the song is literally like, <laughs> y'all remember Suffrage? <laughs> That's the name of the song, by the way. It is literally um, like they, no, they literally I, bring up the the amendment that allows women to vote, which I think is the nineteenth. Yes, I believe. I believe so. Um, I'm bad at my amendments. Um, hey Noah, the picture you just sent me <laughs> of like. This, like, face is the most... You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that Harry Potter screen freeze where Hermione Granger is doing the same fucking thing. This is the most Hermione Granger shit I've ever seen. Also, yes, it is the 19th Um, Amendment. Um, 19th Amendment. Um, I'm going to Google if that song's real. Hey, hold the show over for a second. Okay, so this song is very much like... They literally say, like, the 19th Amendment and, like, the right to vote and everything like that. And, like, I get... I get it. I get it, okay? I hate sounding like this, They're like, but it's just not a good song, and it's bad, and Ethel's walking around, handing around flyers. Hey, Noah, it's from Schoolhouse Rock, I think. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, because it sounds like Which a Schoolhouse Rock. Which actually makes sense why it's... It's like a fucking regurgitation of fact because hey, hey gang, uh, the the women anthem that y'all just like hit up was written to be easily digestible and for children and I'm pretty sure you could have found a better anthem yeah if you tried yeah it's probably it's probably public domain isn't it uh, I think so yeah I bet it's because it's public domain um that's lazy yeah. that's not it's not good that's lazy it's not good also um what's his name Andy Cohen shows up at the start of this episode for some reason I'm sorry, I was listening to the song. Yeah, the Andy Cohen. Uh, they mentioned Andy Cohen. And he like literally shows up in like a scene. And it's very strange. Also, he's apparently in the pocket of Lodge Industries, which 
doesn't isn't a good look for Andy Cohen, the real life person. Yeah, it's kind of weird that Andy Cohen, like, did they fucking clear that with Andy Cohen? And they were like, hey, come on our show and show that you're like a corporate stooge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so Ethel hands out a bunch of flyers that basically have Veronica on it with, like, she's a backstabbing liar and all this other stuff. And with zero proof, by the way. It's just a flyer with, like, a vandalized picture yeah, and some nasty but, things on it. But, of course, in high school, everyone believes that because this is Riverdale and the laws of reality have no impact. Yeah, and it also has, like, a bunch of stuff that, like, her and her parents did and stuff like that. So, again, no proof. Yeah, no actual proof there, but um, um, everyone's like, you bitch, and Ethel's like, couldn't have done it without you, partner. Yep. And then her partner, Noah, who is it? It's Josie. Because Josie... Josie did it, and I keep I keep getting close to the microphone, and I keep hitting it with my nose so I can do these jokes. Because, because the lodge has ruined uh, her, her mother. Family. Yeah. Well, yeah, her mother, too. Yeah. But, um... Man, I'm really glad we're probably never going to see Josie's dad again. That's nice. Yeah, that's really nice. Also, that's a nice thought. I noticed that they have forgone the CoverGirl uh, sponsorship this time around. Just, there is no, there hasn't been almost any CoverGirl this season. Yeah, which, but so upsetting. But there is totally some Samsung phone. Mm-hmm. Good shots where, like, Kevin, I think it's Kevin both times, is holding up his phone to, like, record stuff that is going on. And, and they, like, and linger so on, crystal like, clear. yeah, they linger on, like, the screen of his phone. And you get to see, like, the Instagram logo and stuff like that. And, wow, Noah, did you see how fast that Samsung phone loaded for Kevin Keller in Riverdale this week? I sure did. Wow, Samsung phones, where can I get my hands on one of those? Well, you can get one at any of your local uh, cellular service providers or a, a local store such as Best Buy or Walmart. Gee whiz, I'm going to go out right now and switch from my current mobile phone to a nice Samsung. Um, hey, Samsung, give us that cover girl money. <laughs> uh, um, Betty. I will, I will sell out for any Riverdale sponsor. Yes. Just if you sponsored Riverdale, you can give me a dollar and I'll, I will scab for you forever. Yeah. Yeah. Archie's not the only scab on this show. Fuck off. <laughs> um, Betty um, Betty says that she can't be Veronica's partner with all this bad publicity and stuff like that. Uh, also because Veronica's been like lying to them. Yeah. And that's true. And it is true. That's turbo true. Um, turbo true. Um, oh, also she like protects Archie from uh, her parents when like Jughead gets information about whatever it is they're fucking... Oh, about the chocolate shop. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Um, she falls on that sword, which is like, okay, whatever, I guess. I mean, it's nice that you're not going to let your dad shoot your boyfriend. That's fair. Doesn't, you know, you don't get an award for that. Um, and that's Veronica. Um, yeah. Jug- we did Jughead already, didn't we? Uh, we did do Jughead. Uh, Veronica just has, like, this kind of breakdown towards the end of her episode that, like... It's boring. Yeah. It's not great. Like, like... What I, these two episodes were boring, except for 
the Cheryl stuff because it's so fucking Hitchcock. And then, hey, everyone, if there was a maple syrup blood money drinking game, you could bet your ass that one of the drinking game things you could do is anytime Kyle says shit's the bed, you have to drink. Because boy, oh boy, the end of the Cheryl plotline, they sure do shit the bed. So the Cheryl plotline. It's amazing. Up until then. I fucking love it. It was really, really good. It's no Blaze Blossom, but it's really fucking fun, and it's very Hitchcocky, and and it's also queer as shit. And that is, like, I guess now my favorite series of tags. <laughs> Pretty much. So, we Cheryl learns about the whole um, Will and Testament thing. So, she's like, alright, well, me and Tony are gonna come to the Will and Testament, because Tony's my gal. I do want to pause right here really quick because shitty mom does walk in uh-huh. and she is like, what are you b- beasts doing in here? And she's like, fucking I invited her to be emotional support at my dad's will reading, you fucking harpy. Yeah. Um, and, but like before that, like Tony's like, oh, I don't really have clothes for this. And like Cheryl's like, oh, here, wear this blouse or whatever. And like, She dresses Tony up like a classy thought. (laughs) I do just want to talk about how Tony's previous attire would have probably been more appropriate because she is just wearing a thought top, like straight up, like, you know, a thought he never gets cold, like full on Tony. (laughs) It's just weird that that was the top she was provided with for the will reading. And, like, Cheryl is not wearing much better. It's, like, they're both wearing, like, kind of sheer, lacy. Horny clothes. They're wearing horny clothes. Yes. And it's fucking weird. You're at your dad's will reading. Um, so, yeah, so they're at the will reading. And Nana Blossom is there. And and Penelope tries to hold her hand. And Nana's like, no. Get your hand off me, you ruffian. Oh, Nana Blossom is fucking great. You cannot kill the Archdeacon. She is immortal. And, like, I received several messages from people who, who listen to this, like, close friends and family uh-huh. who are like, did you see the new episode? And I was like, no, why? And they were like, all I'm going to say is the Archdeacon is unkillable. And, like, that is a message that I received, no joke, at least three times. Yes. Okay, so... We learn that um, half of, actually, like, no, half, half of half of the fortune yeah. goes to uh, Jason and Cheryl, which Jason is dead, so it just goes to Cheryl. Um, nice. Uh, half of it goes to anybody who can prove that they have blossom blood. It's split up among them. It gets dispersed. Yeah. Um, uh, and then Cliff Blossom walks back into the room. Yes. But oh wait, it's. Fuck. I genuinely thought it was Cliff Blossom for a second, so and I. I was so fucking excited for them to pull just, like, the most Buckwild plotline out of nowhere. But it's his twin brother. It's his whatever. twin brother, Claudius. He seems nice. He seems like, okay. Until he seems like nice. He seemed nice, yes. He, he also seemed like he was fucking dunking on their garbage mom, which was amazing. Yes. Um, he is uh. Clifford's twin brother who apparently there is a blossom curse where shocker one sibling will kill the other or one of them will end up dead in like a violent means 
a very violent manner. So. And so Cliff chased him out of town at gunpoint, yes. literally, at the Sweetwater River. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, those two babies are in trouble, huh? Yeah, yeah, they totally are. Um, but yeah, so he like, they're at like a dinner conversation and <laughs> the mom is like, why is this thought in my home? And she's talking about uh, Tony. Yeah, yeah, Tony's there, and um, she's like, "I'm, I was invited. I'm sorry." Um, and he's like, "No, it's totally fine." Hey, my favorite island I ever went to in the Merchant Marines was Lesbos. It's like cool, dude. <laughs> oh my god! Like it's he's. <laughs> I was so ready to fucking embrace this character and just love him. I was so fucking ready for Cheryl to finally start having good things in her life, and I am so fucking mad at the writers for not just cutting Cheryl a fucking break and letting her be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, either let her kill everyone as Blaze, or just let her fucking be a better person. She is, like, super snippy with her mother when um, the will reading is going on, and... Uh, a charred husk, how appropriate. Yeah, like, um, Nana Blossom gets to keep... Um, Thistle House. Thorn House. Thistle House. And, and then Penelope Blossom gets to keep Thornhill, which burned down at the end of last season. <laughs> yeah, by accident. Um, so, basically, like, Tony and Cheryl are, like, getting closer to just being full lesbians with each other, uh-huh. um, which, uh, personally, I would have loved to in a non-creepy way, just, like, see this, like, genuine, like, being honest with yourself romance, like, mm-hmm. have a little more time to breathe and blossom. But, um... So, so... Other things happen in the Cheryl plotline. So, Cheryl overhears um, Claudius and Penelope talking to each other. Um, Claudius talks about getting revenge on the Lodges, which is a little strange. Um... I mean, they've always hated the Lodges. That is yes. fair. But, like, I don't... But, like, he did leave when he was 14, so what the fuck did they do to you? Yeah, I don't Claudius? know, like, what the... Go back to Rome and kill Caesar. <laughs> he talks about... He does mention that they were the Romulus and Remus. Him and... Yeah, and I was like, that didn't end well for them, right? No, like, I'm no, pretty sure Romulus and Remus ended really poorly. Yeah. But um, Penelope is like, first, we must take care of Nana Blossom, and then Cheryl, and then we'll take care of the Lodges. And... And Cheryl hears it. Cheryl overhears it, so she becomes very paranoid for the next episode. I don't think it's paranoia if you write. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she's totally right. Um, so she, um... So, yeah, she wakes up and one night and, like, the doorknob is a jiggling. Yes. And um, she blocks it with a chair, which... Have you ever blocked your door with a chair while you were sleeping, Noah? No. I have. <laughs> That's several times. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just like, not even for like, my family is here to murder me, but just like, sometimes I get like really like weird and like spooked at night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to put something in front of the door just in case a boogin comes in and tries to get me. <laughs> a boogin. <laughs> a boogin. Um, but yeah, so. Um, that happens. And so she invites. Also, there's, like, cheerleader tryouts, and she's, like, thirsty as shit for Tony's, like, I would describe as, like, okay dancing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. It's a somewhat appropriate for Riverdale. I can't go. Yeah. Yeah. It, 
it could be better. Like, it the girl is talented. Who uh, the actress who plays Tony Topaz is talented, but like, eh, I've seen better dancing. Um, so, and also like Cheryl's thirsty. I'm pretty sure Tony joins the squad. Um, yes. And then they have like a girls' night sleepover, and they're all like brushing each other's hair in sync, which is just terrifying. God, that scene where they're all they're all brushing each other's hair in a line, and it is the most creepy thing. It's the synchronicity, and it's the way that it's framed. It's like ethereal, and it has this very like lilting quality to how the camera plays there, but like. I will say this, like, brushing trains are actually relatively common. Like, I have been in some before. Okay. <laughs> I used to have really long hair, and most of my friends when I was uh, in high school were female. So, like... Well, it, now you can happens. have a screen cap of that. Oh. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> so, yes, they have a... It's weird. And then... Um, uh, Cheryl talks about how, like, you know, I didn't bring you here just to like hang out. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of being my, alone here. Uh, my uncle's here to murder me. Yeah. Um, uh, and like, her aunt, <laughs> oh not my god, Betty makes it about her fucking self, and she's like, "Me too. My brother's trying to kill me." Like, shut up, bitch. Let her have this. Um, I don't You're I a fucking main character. Go away. That that Cheryl says that Claudius is as mad as the sea. Yeah, he's got, he's, a, he's got sea madness. Because he's, a, he's, a, he's a merchant marine. Um, and so she explains that, and everyone's like, "That sucks. We're not going to do anything, though." Good night. And then they all go to sleep. And then, like, like a lizard in a in a fucking glass case with a heat lamp above it, the lighting changes to be like everything is dark except for this bright red ass light above Cheryl's bed where she is like sharing it with Tony but they're like you know leaving room for Jesus uh-huh. um, but not for very long I do have a <laughs> shut up I do have a genuine question uh-huh. was the red light diagenic like did that red light exist in universe or out I, of universe I believe so because on either side of her bed there are two lamps that have red lampshades on them and Red light doesn't affect your night vision? No, that I know, but, like, it was coming from above the way that the lighting, like, the shadows were cast. And, like, so, th- the red was nowhere else in the room. I think it was, um, like, exaggerated for visual effects. I definitely think it was exaggerated, but looking at it, I'm looking at the screen now. Yeah, it's, right now. like, right along, like the pillow range and she has like red silk pillows with the red lamps with the red lamp shades and it's like mainly on like their upper body so i think it could be diagenic and that is just like slightly exaggerated for screen but it's still within like a a typical kind of range because the lamps are kind of like above them too so it was interesting i'll say this like as like a lighting and camera and directing trick I, I really liked it because it really did add to the scene. Mm-hmm. It was very engrossing. Um, and so, like, they start to sort of have these conversations, and then they, like, roll over to, like, talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl's like, I didn't want to invite these other hoes to this sleepover, but my ghoulish mother wouldn't let me just invite you. Mm-hmm. And then Tony's like, all right. 
and they're about to kiss. <laughs> and then they hear a horrible noise. And when they go to investigate, they find that uh, the Archdeacon Nano Blossom has been pushed down the stairs by somebody. <laughs> the Archdeacon has fallen and she can't get up. Also, Cheryl is worried about like poisoned tea earlier. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure maybe that's how, because that might be important for like the Tannis root discovery. Yes. So paramedics come and they take the archdeacon away and they're like, tough old bird, lucky to be alive. And like mama blossom is like that fucking lich is immortal. I swear <laughs> we got to find her phylactery, Chester or whatever your name is. <laughs> Chester. Um, it's a C. Um, Cassius, maybe? No, that's the guy from S.H.I.E.L.D. this season. Um, whatever. <laughs> Claudius. Bald Whitey. Sure. Which, um, I like that it's Clifford and Claudius, like, you have, like, the Romulus super lame like, white guy name, Clifford, and then you have, like, this epic Roman name. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, it's, it's wild. And so, uh, like, they take the old bird away, and... Uh, I think Cheryl's like, hey, Tony, um, I think they're trying to kill me and my grandma. Yes. <laughs> Tony's like, oh, Jesus. That's not good. Um, so Cheryl has a rough couple days in the hospital. Yeah, because she's watching over Nana Blossom. She goes to confront a doctor who does a very bad job of being attentive and aware of uh-huh. what's happening. Um, and then Mama takes her away. Yes. Um, after and oh, but the doctor does reveal that they found uh, trace uh, paralytic uh, tannis root in her system, mm-hmm. which uh, apparently they grow at Thornhill because they like growing poison. Um, yeah, they grow weird and strange herbs and stuff at Thornhill, and yeah. and and apparently because of her sundowner's disease. So sundowning is a part of um, uh, Alzheimer's and Alzheimer's, senility. Yeah, where yeah. You're I'm familiar with it. Okay. I just forgot the word. Yeah, Sundowner. Um, yeah, Sundowner. Um, like the bad guy from Metal Gear Solid. So- Metal, <laughs> Metal Gear Rising, Rising Revengeance. Yes. That's the only thing I can think of when I think of Sundowner. I'm um, fucking invincible. I'm fucking invincible. <laughs> yes. God, that game was fucking great. The soundtrack is delightful. It's so um, good. Um, so, um, <laughs> they take Cheryl away. <laughs> They take Cheryl away because apparently they were like, oh, yeah, like we've seen her chewing on the Tannis root. But I think that they were just poisoning her with tea. Yes. Um, and then they just did just push her down the stairs. Um, and then in the car, Cheryl, like very unwisely confronts her mother and is like, y- you're trying to kill grandma and get rid of me. And then crocodile tears start to flow. And she's like, you're going to prison, Cheryl. <laughs> Like, that's basically it. Yeah, she's going to take her to some place to make her all better. And it's like, okay, so they're taking her to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. Like, every young woman needs to go, apparently, in Riverdale at some point. How the fuck is that place not fucking burned to the ground? Like... Oh, I'm so fucking mad. Okay, so so the closing they, scene. They take her to the to the sisters of child torture. Yes, and um, proceed to torture Cheryl and pray the gay away. Yep, pretty much. They they literally use the word the conversion. It's, they, yeah, they do say that, and something about getting rid of your inner demons, which is like, mm-hmm. if the black hood came back 
and walked into the Sisters of Quiet Mercy and fucking gangland executed every single employee, I would not feel a thing except for maybe joy. Yeah. I'm just going to come out with that fucking... I'm not even going to call it a hot take. That's a fucking tepid take. If someone went in there and killed all of those people, I would not feel bad. Yeah, no. Um, it's not... It's not great. Like It's a shitty... It's a fucking big shit that they just took on a delicious Cheryl cupcake they had been baking me. Yeah. Um, Alright, so... Here's How the, the fuck are you going to get Cheryl out of there? So here's here's the real thing. Um, I'm looking at the the list of episodes for this season, and we have the next episode, mm. Chapter Thirty, The News Titans, and then uh-huh. the episode after that is Thirty One, A Night to Remember, where they do the Carrie musical. So they have. How the fuck am I supposed to get excited about a very queer ass musical while you're fucking they, conversion therapying my they girl? They have an episode to save Cheryl from this plot line before she has to go on and be in the Carrie musical. musical. Oh, they fucking better. Like, it's, like if I have to get some Cheryl in a fucking red straitjacket, fucking singing about how she's being abused by garbage people. I'm gonna stop watching the fucking show. Yeah. Like, I fucking hate this plot line. Yeah, no, it's, it's very Cheryl bad. is Cheryl's handling is fucking criminal this season. It's it's not just like, oh, we did a bad job. It's like, no, you did the fucking worst job writing what could have been the best character on your show. Mm-hmm. Okay. All that anger's out of me now. I mean, I'm still fucking annoyed, but like, whatever. It's a fucking TV show. Yeah, no, it's 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 frustrating. Cheryl, Cheryl's Cheryl's my fave. Cheryl's character and in, in this show has been all over the place, and I was really hoping that with like the end of last season that she was going to become like consistent. Yeah, a lot more consistent. A very sort of like zealous yeah. justice seeker. And then if you threw a big beautiful lesbian plot line into that too that'd mm-hmm. be even fucking better yeah but like nah I, the writers on this show like it's weird because when they're good they're really good like i would genuinely like to go back and see who wrote who was the primary writer for what episodes to see if like maybe i just like one writer in particular you know what i mean mm-hmm to see, like, who who's writing the ones that I'm like, ah, oh, fuck this. I know that, like, writing rooms, everyone has a fucking say in it, but like, there are there are staggering differences in these in these characters from episode to episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I I do I do fucking wonder. Um, um, on the Wikipedia page, it does list all of, like the primary writers along with the directors. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to probably try and check that out because I do wonder what like the causal link is. Um hey, it's been maple syrup blood money. It has. Um, this was a double episode so it's long, but it's still shorter than if we had done two episodes. This so, is true. Um So, what you up to, Noah? Um not much. Uh yeah. 
that's it that's you know okay. that's that's me i have i haven't nope. really been doing too much other than this so no one where can people get at you dog? okay well they could find me uh at common otaku on twitter that's k-a-m-e-n-o-t-a-k-u um that's like the best place to get a hold of me for anything really mm-hmm. um twitter is a garbage fire of terrible people but you you know except for the ones I have that never- follow us I have never wanted to get on Twitter more than I do right now and just be a shit person on Twitter about this fucking plot line. I, mean, I, I think I understand Twitter now, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that, that's exactly why. Um, I, I guess I just have a lot of self-control because I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah. So where can people listen to your other work? Uh, well, they can check out the, the role-playing exchange, which is my other major podcast. Um, a role-playing games uh, actual play and discussion podcast. Um, I also guest on the uh, Technical Difficulties Gaming podcast uh, fairly frequently. Um, so yeah, you can check out some of the stuff I have going on there. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Uh, okay. What about you, Kyle? Oh, nothing. It's been quiet. Um, hi, I'm Kyle Carty. And I have a Kickstarter going right now, and it's fully funded. It's overfunded, actually. It did really well. We funded in 12 hours. Hi, I'm Kyle Carty, and I'm here to talk to you today about my Kickstarter, Savage Tokusatsu. Kyle, what's Savage Tokusatsu? Well, listener, um, it is a role-playing game supplement for the Savage Worlds role-playing game that focuses on the uh, Japanese and, you know, also worldwide genre of tokusatsu, which is just a word for like fancy film and techniques and talks about shows that have heavy special effects like kaiju movies and uh, TV shows about transforming heroes, beating up monsters of the week and then jumping into giant robots and beating up monsters of the week in giant robots. If, if, um, if it features a guy in a suit and there are like hit sparks and explosions, it's probably what you're thinking. Yeah. Um, if you ever watched the live action sailor moon, that was tokusatsu Mm -hmm. um like there's a lot of stuff and like anime has a lot of uh like has been influenced a lot by the genre because the genre is as old as like basically right after world war ii um so it's amazing um the art for it by mark marker slinger michael plondaya is just amazing um, there's a free play test of it on Drive Through RPG. Um, you can actually play a, if you've never played a role playing game, grab that and grab another uh, Savage Worlds test drive because you'll be able to like play a really simple game with like almost no need to buy anything. You need a deck of card and a set of dice, uh, like you know a, a regular standard like twenty sided die to D four sided die set of dice, um, and it's a goddamn hoot and a half. Um, if you want, you can also check out our stream. Uh, we are now Twitch affiliates. We even have some subscribers, which is just the most buck wild thing in the world. Um, you can check us out at uh, twitch.tv slash bestpalbrigade. You can hit me up on Twitter at, uh, at bestpalbrigade. I've been very active uh, because of the, the Twitter and, no, the Kickstarter. And, yeah, like, it's actually really fun to interact with a lot of people that aren't garbage so 
I, I think I sort of get Twitter a little bit now. It's um, it's all about curating your experience. Basically, yes. Um, if you want to support me, um, I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Kyle Cardi. Um, I'm going to be uploading all of this month's content at the end of the month just because this month was so goddamn hectic. It's horror month this month. Um, so a lot of monster of the week type stuff. Um, if, I mean, yeah, just like check us out. Uh, my wife has been doing for the Kickstarter, um, like an Inferno cop series, basically like she she had never even heard of Inferno cop and she had this idea and she made the first episode of it. And I showed her Inferno cop and she was like, yeah, I see, I see it. Yeah. Inferno <laughs> um, Cup is great. And the, the little uh, Saturday morning tokusatsu things have been yeah. a delight. So it, if you have, if you watched Inferno Cop and you liked it, or you just want to see like genuinely funny, like very tongue in cheek advertisements, um, check out uh, on YouTube, Saturday morning tokusatsu. It's goddamn hilarious. She does all the voices except for one, which I provide. And it's very funny. Um, so, please check that out um yeah uh buy my book i guess yeah Um, do it if you would be so kind it's it's gonna be really really high quality um if you want to get at us for maple syrup blood bunny noah where can they get at us well the best place to get at us is uh on twitter at maple and blood all spelled out all one word um or sending us an email that's maple and blood at gmail.com uh, you can also uh, leave us ratings and reviews on like iTunes or wherever you download uh, this podcast if they have a, a rate and review system. It helps us uh, out a lot. Um, you can also check out our websites. That's mapleandblood.podbean.com, mapleandblood.tumblr.com, uh, .wordpress.com, and then facebook.com slash mapleandblood. Yeah, um, I think we'll probably be stable next week. Sorry for the the hiccup, but yes, my boy, my boy had a vacay to go on. Yeah, I had a little and vacation. He got very drunk. I did get very drunk. It was great. Also, I did just remember that the prison that FP and Jughead go to was called Shankshaw. Yeah, we sort of <laughs> didn't mention that because that certainly was something. That was something. <laughs> um. All right. Um, this, this has been Maple Syrup Blood Money. Noah, you get the honors of setting the tone for the takeout. Okay. Well, I... Oh, I want, I want takeout. No, no. I'm going to do it. <laughs> no, I, no, I mean I want to go get Chinese food. Okay. Oh, I got Chinese food last night. Um, so, for Maple Syrup Blood Money, I have been your secret twin host, Noah Carden. And I have been your weirdly lit bed host. Kyle Carter. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening.